Welcome to the Fitness in Color podcast, where we follow and highlight the experiences of people of color in the wellness and fitness industry, telling their stories in their own words. I realize how even social media can impact how you think. It can impact your mood. If there's a lot of things going on in your own social media all day, it can make you sad. It can all these different things. So one of my goals in life, if I can help people to add intent to everything that they do, to at least take a step back to be reflective as far as what outcome am I looking to have with this? And if that's the outcome that I'm looking to, what steps do I need to create for myself? Okay, it's all about being more reflective as opposed to just responding in a way that aren't led by your best intentions. They're probably led by your ego or led by the people around you, as opposed to you being an independent thinker and making a decision that's going to positively impact your life. Chef Beans, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, man. It's been, you know, a lot of different obstacles, but we're here. We finally made it. We finally made it, man. Technical difficulties. All right. So right before we started, I asked you something and I'm going to ask you again because it's been very hard to find. What is your first name? My first name is Quan, and I'm from uh, Camden, New Jersey, currently residing in Los Angeles, California. Awesome, man. How long have you been in uh, LA? I've been in LA since October of 2018. So a little over two years, maybe like two and a half, almost two and a half. I feel like everyone, every time I meet someone from LA, they've only been there for two to three years. Yo, I mean, this is like the perfect transitional time because what I've heard, if you can survive the first two years in LA, then you're good. So you probably getting people after they just got the stability that they need out here to even be open to interviews. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that's hilarious. Cool, man. All right. So tell us who you are, what you're doing right now. Like, what do you do in LA? And I want to ask about what you're doing in fitness and movement okay so right now i i manage a restaurant one of the top black owned restaurants in la called comfort oh. la and i created the brand chef beans intentional consumption because for a while i felt like my life was being led by the strings that were attached to my arms i feel like they were being controlled by my parents fears or my idea of what stability would look like and me knowing that my creativity and my desire to tell stories is what mainly gave me inexplainable joy, I wanted to basically amplify storytelling on the highest level and something about LA just really stood out to me. So I came out here for that, that in totality. And I've been able to help people add intent not only to what they physically consume, but the books that they read, the conversations they have, the energy that they ingest. And that's how I've been able to basically attract everything that's already mine. And when it comes to fitness, I started to study people in their morning routines, people who were very successful. And most of them had some type of physical aspect to their life. Me personally, mm-hmm. I realized how much, how effective I am when I work out first thing, first thing in the morning. So if I'm going to be a person who's going to be intentional with everything that they do, Fitness helped me amplify everything else that I was doing. So that's why I came to LA and that's what fitness has helped me do on a very entry level status. Cool, man. That's super dope. So your name, you go by Chef Beans and you manage a restaurant. Yes. Do you, are you 
do you cook? Are you in the food? Are you? You know what's funny? Prior to me working at the restaurant, I had nothing to do with food. Chef Beans was more so a metaphor for the more like mind, body, soul, not necessarily like the cooking aspect. So the okay. things that I was creating, that was what Chef Beans was cooking up, whether it was a video or a conversation. It's like, oh, you just got stirred up in a pot by Chef Beans. It had nothing to do with food. It just so happened that I feel like the the powers that be or the chef guys like, oh, you going to try to have that chef name? You're you going to have to get in the kitchen. So that's kind of how that happened. That's dope, man. That's cool. So uh, you got into you got to L.A. Um, what was your intention in going to L.A.? And how did you get mixed in, mixed into the kind of fitness and running scene in, in L.A.? So my intention with coming to L.A., honestly, I had a job lined up in D.C. at first. That job fell through, and then something about L.A. kept reoccurring. So I'm like, bet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just take my talents. Didn't really have much things set up. The job fell through. Everything fell through, and I kind of walked into the restaurant situation. Saw a sign that said they were hiring. I did that. And I wanted to amplify storytelling. I see that Hollywood, and it's like the mecca for content creation. So this mm-hmm. city just seemed like it was where I was supposed to be. I had to persevere through some adverse situations, but I'm still rising every day. And how I got introduced to the fitness aspect, I wanted everyone to know that Chef Beans was in town. So as I'm on social media, I'm looking at the large groups of things. And some of my friends was going to, like we were talking about earlier, keep it 100 with butter. So I'm like, okay, this seems like a bunch of people. I wrote down all my talents and one of them was physically fit. So I'm like, if this is one of my talents and I'm trying to let LA people know that I'm here. Maybe I should see what this club has to offer. And it's something about genuine people that I gravitate towards. So that group, which is nothing but people who left their egos at the door, I started going there consistently. And I never knew how much fitness could give me confidence internally as well as externally. Because prior to that, I had never ran more than two miles. Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing certain people was running six, 10. I'm like, I could, I could probably do that. And slowly but surely, I started to work my way up. And that mental, I guess, expansion is what gave me confidence in everything else that I was doing. And that has never happened to me in my life before. So with that, I wanted to just, like I said, keep adding value to myself physically. And it rolled over to other areas of my life. That's super dope, man. I had a very similar experience when I got into running where I pulled up. And I was like, how are these people better than me at running? Right. Like, be a sprinter and in, uh, in, in high school, I was fast. And then when I got into distance running, I was like, bro, like, there's no way that all these people are this, this much faster than me. And so that's, that was like the mental and competitive edge that I had that just kind of get me continuing to running and, you know, ultimately fell in love with running and started my own running team. So I can definitely relate to your experience with like going and being like, hold up, I think I can do this. That's awesome because, you know, naturally what I feel like we do, we create these mental barriers where we cancel ourselves out before even going up to the line. I can't run that fast or I can't beat that time. I'll never be able to as opposed to just working on yourself brick by brick. So that's very commendable. You start your own group because I know what that confidence did to me. And I can only guess that you also give people confidence with everything that you do. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. Dope, man. So. We know what you're doing now. I, I want to go back. I want to get to know Quan before Chef Beans, <laughs> Camden, New Jersey, and I kind of like recount your journey towards where you are now. Okay, um, I'm gonna dive into it. So I, I'm 29 right now. 
was born yep. to teen parents. And I don't know, I just always felt like my light internally was shining brighter than like my environment because I have different family members who's into what they're into, but a lot of things just never seemed appealing to me. And the first mm -hmm. sport that I actually got into competitively was wrestling because I couldn't make the basketball team. I tried, <laughs> but my, my jump shot just wasn't there. I don't know, I couldn't make the basketball team. So I got into wrestling and I was doing pretty good in my senior year, I actually tore my meniscus. And you know, mm -hmm. like most high school athletes, we wanna play in college, go professional. So after that happened, I kind of didn't know what to do with all this physicality. So I just worked out here and there when I could, went to college. Hold on, we got to slow down. We, we have to keep going. We have to go a little further back, bro. Okay, we, okay. We're already in college. We want to talk about, okay. you know, I want to talk about you, um, your environment. So you you were born to teen parents, right? Yeah, they were uh, 15 and 16. All right, I'm, I'm not going to speed it up. You see me? I'm trying to... No, no. <laughs> All right, we can bring it back. We can bring it back. No worries, man. I like to dig deep here because nah, nah, I think I'm, folks... I'm here. I'm here. I'm here, bro. <clears throat> no, it's fine. I think this is fine. I think people will enjoy listening to it. But I like to dig deep because I think there's always something in your story that led you to you know where you are now. And and folks, I think that's what really makes this show special is that folks can hear kind of like what your experiences were growing up and then how that led to kind of like what you are now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to slow you down. I'm going to slow you down. Sometimes I can talk flat. Let's slow down. And let's keep it at childhood. Let, let's let's keep it here. So, Like how many siblings did you have? Did you play sports? Did you run around in the streets? Like what were you doing? Yeah, so I have um two sisters. On my mother's side, I have two sisters. On my father's side, I have three brothers. And I'm the oldest on my father's side and the middle child on my mother's side. But the household that I grew up in, I was mainly with my cousins. And what I can say about me as a child, I was emotionally unbalanced. And I think most people who grew up in the inner city were taught to solve our problems physically with violence. Mm -hmm. Okay, somebody trying to talk to you crazy, we respond mm -hmm. with finding whoever wins, wins. And that rolls over to, I guess, eventually people picking up. How are people trajectory go? So for a while, I solved my problems physically when I was a kid. It wasn't mm -hmm. until I got certain mentors and I actually picked up an instrument, the trumpet, that I was able to redirect my energy. And there's a saying called, "There's a it takes a village to raise a kid. I can honestly say I'm a testament to that because on top of my parents, there were other family members, outside sources, people living on that street, the church, who always told me that I had light, always told me that I was going to do something special. And those narratives never left my head. So mm -hmm. with all of that, I think when I got into like middle school, I was still one foot in as far as my boys who were involved in the streets and other foot in when I started getting into sports and everything else. And my mentor at the church, I remember, I, like I said, I was playing the instrument and I was sloppy. My tie was all, I was trying to impress, impress my boys in the crowd. I remember he like yanked me off stage, pushed me to the back door and told me, if you continue to be a follower, you're going to end up either dead or in jail. You need to make a choice today what kind of life you're trying to live. And that conversation never left my head because I was basically pulled out of what I thought my ego was at that moment. Just being mm -hmm. a follower, us just really being a product of our environment. And that day is when I slowly but surely started to pivot and make wiser choices to be able to use my foresight. Like the people who make these type of decisions, you see where they end up. You don't know much about this side, 
but explore it. So with mm -hmm. all of that, I was able to explore the right side, and it's been a combination of me failing myself forward. That sounds like a pivotal moment in your life where, because I know I can put myself there. I know what it's like to try and like show off for your boys, right? Like you're right. playing the trumpet. It might not be the coolest thing. And you're still, like you said, that one foot, one foot in, one foot out the door. It's like you slack your tie, you slack your shorts or your, your pants. And it's like you're trying to be cool and like look cool to your boys. Um, and it sounds like this mentor stepped in at the right time. At the right time, because Camden, New Jersey for a while was the most dangerous city in the country. And this was like a, around that time, but I had started going to school in like a town over that wasn't as bad. So every time mm -hmm. I would go back to Camden, I was still trying to show my boys, like, look, I'm still the corner that y'all know, you feel me? Like, so that's what I mean by one foot in, one foot out. Still trying yeah. to impress them, but also having a lot of influence to kind of change the trajectory of my life. So that mentor absolutely stepped in when he was supposed to because it woke me up. It woke me up mm -hmm. from... I guess the the tempo and the cadence that a lot of young black men in the inner city experience, as far as we're only doing what the people around us are doing, whether we know better or not, this is the normal. This is our normal, mm -hmm. as opposed to even in a book between the world and me, Ta-Nehisi Coates talks about how we grow up trying to protect our bodies, whether it's from our parents, uh, just the city environment, or police officers. Like we're we're just condition to protect our bodies. And within all of that, I had to learn to not only just protect my body, but how can I amplify this light that everybody around me is telling me that I have, that I'm, I wasn't able to identify yet. And once I started to just lean into, I guess, who I was supposed to be and positively impact this world, that's when the feeling myself forward started to really happen. Disencounter with your mentor. This is middle school, right before high school. That was, I want to say, that was like seventh or eighth grade when when that when that specific situation happened. It was like seventh. Eighth okay. Grade. And then, did you continue into high school in the same um, on the better part of town, I guess, or the better high school district? Yeah, I honestly started to go go to school out there in like fifth to sixth grade. But every day after mm -hmm. school, being out there, have any friends out there, I would just go back to Camden. Camden. Yeah, And I know I put the instrument down after middle school because I got into sports, started getting into girls. It just wasn't the most coolest thing. Yeah, so yeah, I wish yeah, I sure. still like played because I enjoyed it. But my ego and just the, the, the time that yeah, I was in, I just told myself, ah, I could put this down. Man, I know exactly what you mean, man. Like it just wasn't like we didn't see people doing it. And if we did, it wasn't cool. Like, right. We were all about impressing girls, the dudes. Just, I mean, you were trying to impress the dudes just as much as you're trying to impress the girls, right. man. That's that culture. Hey, friends. I want to take a quick break to tell you about a project that I've been working on, and I'm so excited to share with you. After a year and a half of product research, design, and development, we are proud to finally launch Pioneers Running Apparel, fusing high-performance fabrics with streetwear design aesthetics, creating a new category of athleisure wear called Performance Streetwear. We have selected the highest quality European performance fabrics, some of which are made of recycled industrial waste, such as discarded fishing nets. Head over to pioneers.com to learn more. That's P-Y-N-R-S.com. And now back to the show. So then you went to high school, you got into sports. What would what, uh, you play or would you, you run track or, uh, or what was it? I wrestled. I did track. Oh yeah, wrestled. Yeah, yeah, I did, did track wrestle. a little bit, but 
I stopped shortly after because the wrestling endurance, you know, we do different things. But the track workouts, that was a workout my body just wasn't used to. And though I was the man in wrestling, I was like, do you really care to be the man in track? Nah, not really. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, you got to really. let them have that. So that's the only, like, I guess, taste that I had within track. But like I said, I was the man in my sport. So that was enough of my ego at the time. Mm-hmm. That was more mm-hmm. than enough because everybody has their thing. Mm-hmm. Especially in high school, and that was like I said, that was that was more than enough for me. Yeah, dope. So then, where'd you go to college? I went to college in New Jersey at William Patterson University, uh, communication major, media production concentration. Uh, joined the fraternity, Mega Sci Fi, Cerny Incorporated, Homecoming King. Very popular in college. Did my dope. thing. Did um, you wrestle in college, or did, was this after your meniscus? Nope. Because he tore your meniscus. Yep. Then wrestling college. So this was new for me as far as not having something to really work towards. Working mm-hmm. with a team, I had to kind of find my own bop on campus outside of what used to be attached to my identity, which was being like a, a wrestling captain and everything like that. Okay. So then how was that transition? I guess, I mean, you. it sounds like you did well because you, you went, you joined a fraternity. Fraternities. I don't. I'm not in a fraternity, but I know from from just watching friends go through it. Right. And it's really. I mean, it's a really a family. It's um, right, absolutely. So that. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah. So that transition for me. Um, what I realized at the time, I was trying to fill a gap, and what I mean by fill a gap is, I the thing that was most appealing about my fraternity. You can see them in the social aspect as far as parties, having fun. Then the next day, see them in shirt and tie running programs and different meetings and events. And doing a deep dive on myself, I realized at that time I had never seen a group of black men in that magnitude. So it was Mm -hmm. very, I guess, fulfilling for me. And as far as filling that gap, I wanted to be a part of that image, a part of that team, being that I didn't necessarily have a team to, like as far as wrestling to be a part of. So it was Mm -hmm. all these different things and I wanted to also I guess find more guidance. Being a first generational kid going to college, doing a lot of things for the first time, I also realized that I was yearning for another level of guidance. So that was definitely a a challenge being in at first, but after a while, like the brotherhood and everything like that is what helped me become the man that I am today. Yeah, I I definitely hear that from, from most of the folks that go through the fraternity. It's how much of a brotherhood it is and how much it impacts your your life and, and where, where it leads them to. So that's really cool. So you did that four years and then you got a job after college? Like what, what, what was after college? So after college, like I said, I was a media production major. I'm a media production. Yep. got my bachelor's in that. Towards like my senior year, I realized I wasn't really taking it that serious. Like the people who were serious, you saw how serious they were. I wasn't yeah. as serious. So... When I graduated, I didn't have a job, didn't have anything. And I, I had a lot of funny college because it was so easy to me. I wasn't really being, I wasn't challenging myself. Mm-hmm. So for a couple months, didn't have a job. A girl who saw I did a lot of community service referred me to like this, this tutoring position where they pay for housing. Everything is like you transition into education. So okay. I accepted that role, did my thing in education. After that year. Was that like uh 
like you go and be like a not a teacher's aide, but you work with kids and yes. you live in a house with a bunch of other interns. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's exactly. I did. It's like it's like Teach for America, but not necessarily Teach for right. America. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it it was basically that. So I did that and kind of stayed in the educational K through twelve round because that was the first thing on my resume. Yeah. And as I'm bouncing around from high school, then middle school, then elementary school. After those jobs, I then transitioned to working in higher education as a resident director in Hoboken, New Jersey. And I was very effective at what I was doing, but it wasn't really making me happy. Mm -hmm. I was effective naturally. I know how to talk to kids naturally. I know how to lead. I know how to direct and things like that. But the things that gave me inexplainable joy, I'm going to even rewind and tell you where Chef Beans came from. So yep. in high school, my nickname was Q Beans. My boy, Randy, gave me that nickname. And at a cookout with my fraternity, I didn't have any paraphernalia, but one of my frat brothers was vending. He had a chef hat on the table. That was the only thing he had left. I said, I'll take that. Threw the chef hat on. People stopped calling me Q Beans and started calling me Chef Beans. That's where <laughs> the name came from. So I threw <laughs> my thing, you know, Chef Beans, and then I kind of took that character and amplified it on Snapchat. So whenever I wanted okay. to be funny or create something, on Va Chef Beans. Hey, it's Chef Beans. Who's going to save the day? Chef Beans. And in my no. state of reflection one day, I had to kind of ask myself, what's giving you inexplainable joy? My apartment had burned down in 2017. I lost my chef hat. I even had a chef apron that had Chef Beans, but I never lost my creativity. So I'm like, what's giving you inexplainable joy? When you're creating things, when you're telling stories, if that's what's giving you inexplainable joy and you don't have anything anchoring you, how could you take this to the next level? Okay, reinvest into a chef hat and really make chef beans make sense. What's a phrase that you could come up with? It? Okay, consumption is cool, but that's not enough. What type of consumption do you want people to consume? Intentional consumption. Let them have some type of intent to the things that they're doing. And I took that and just started building brick by brick. Right? Like, I've never... Nor do now I act like I have it all figured out. I just pay attention to the signs. If it makes sense, I lean into it. If it doesn't, then I pivot. And that's yeah. where Chef Beans came from. It came from my nickname changing and then me being like, no, your creativity is who you are. And you can monetize that. And you're great enough to really take it to the next level. So keep leaning into that. And that's where the be intentional comes from. It's a reminder for people to always add intent to everything that they do. And everything that they consume man that's super interesting because it sounds like you reflect you're in the moment you're not going you're not just following right i think in the time in, on social media now we're like you kind of told what's cool you're told what to do i think you said this earlier actually um and like you have found a way to like be intentional about what you are trying to do with your life everything bro is 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 everything i I realize how even social media can impact how you think. It can impact mm -hmm. your mood. If there's a lot of things going on and you're on social media all day, it can make you sad. It can all these different things. So one of my goals in life, if I can help people to add intent to everything that they do, to at least take a step back to be refle reflective as far as what outcome am I looking to have with this? And if that's the outcome that I'm looking to, what steps do I need to create for myself? Okay. It's all about being more reflective as opposed to just responding in a way that aren't led by your best intentions. They're probably led by your ego 
or led by the people around you as opposed to you being an independent thinker and making a decision that's going to positively impact your life. Definitely give me a lot to think of and like kind of thinking of what questions in your thought process, in your creation of this platform and process that you're doing. How does meditation play into it? Because you talk about being intentional, you talk about being um, reflective. Like, do you think about meditation and and uh, do you meditate and, and kind of what's your thoughts there? Absolutely. So when I first touched down to LA, um, one of my frat brothers randomly reached out to me on Instagram. Hey, I see you touched down. So-and-so from New York said, you were cool. If you're not doing anything, let's link up. And when we linked up, he one of the first questions he asked me is, do you meditate? I said, yes, I meditate sometimes. How do you meditate? I just close my eyes and think about the things that I want to attract into my life. I said, oh, that's one form of meditation, but have you ever heard of guided meditation? And he introduced me to guided meditation to where that has helped me get to the root to why I respond to things the way I do, my triggers, unhealed traumas, everything like that. So that helped me be a lot more, hold myself accountable for my actions, how I respond to things. What meditation looks like for me today, I do take the time to do my morning affirmations, but also before I go to sleep, I download my day from the second I woke up to me about to go to sleep. What that looks like, I'm sitting there on my bed, like, okay, you woke up this morning, you did your affirmation, you went to work, that person probably pissed you off, but I like how you responded to it. You didn't give them the reaction they were looking for. And then when you went to Target, you might've tripped over that. And though your foot was hurting, you were able to look up to notice that there was a sale on this, and that's a plus. So I'm being optimistic even in my download. I download my day, yeah. I take the lessons that I learned as well as the things I can improve on, and I just move forward. So every day is a new day to download. I also try yoga sometimes. Sundays, I like to do something physical outdoors, whether that's running, hiking, where I'm able to just be present with myself. Because most of meditation and yoga is you being present, like intentionally present. But most of the day, I'm already walking in a present state. Like I don't really let people get to me too much. I listen, download, respond. And I think me being so soft-spoken, people can take that as naive, not knowing that I'm already in 2025. I don't let people negatively impact my day. So that's what meditation looks like to me. At nighttime, when I'm downloading I love that. morning affirmations and just always... For example, when I was in education, we had a student who acted out here and there, and a the teacher used to always say to him, so-and-so, is this a big problem or a small problem? And he would, the, the student would think about it, he'd be like, it's a small problem. I take that same lesson when people try to tip me off balance. I'm like, Quan or Chef Beans, is this a big problem or small? It's, not, it's a small problem, bro. Move forward. So that's what meditation looks like to me on the daily. I love that because I've tried that that download. I've gone through my own attempts and journeys of meditation and different ones. And I, you, it sounds like you do visualization. I love visualization a lot. But the digital download or the the download of the mind at the end of the night um, was something that I really enjoyed, and I did it for quite a while because it gives you perspective and it, you also it like calls back instances where you can you react in a certain way you can think through that and then maybe next time it won't happen that way and um, absolutely and just kind of gives you joy about like going through and thinking about your day in that way so i may have to try that again i think you just inspired me to, to give it a go again it, it works because 
The day can be whatever it is, but if you don't take the time to really identify or acknowledge the lessons that were placed in that day for you, that's how, at least with me and my experience, that's how I feel like yeah. people can keep repeating the same mistakes by not really looking at the lesson. Yeah, you can get the lesson, but really look at it, stare at it. How did I get myself in this situation? How can I respond differently? Hey friends, I want to take a quick break to tell you about a project that I've been working on and I'm so excited to share with you. After a year and a half of product research, design, and development, we are proud to finally launch Pioneer's Running Apparel, fusing high-performance fabrics with streetwear design aesthetics, creating a new category of athleisure wear called performance streetwear. Head over to pioneers.com to learn more. That's P-Y-N-R-S.com. And now, back to the show. All right, so I'm going to go back to this question on you're creating a platform. You know, you're, you're out here in influencing and inspiring folks. How do you plan to monetize and how does it tie into, because I mean, it is tying into wellness. Like you're talking about mind, mindfulness, absolutely. You know, your own way of mindfulness. So tell me about like kind of how you, you think of that, because I'm interested in knowing. No, absolutely. So when I moved out here, one of my friends told me, write down everything that you're good at, everything that you skilled at. I wrote down a bunch of things. And one thing that kept reoccurring was public speaking. I'm like, mm-hmm. so any opportunity I get to talk in front of people, I don't care what you say, say something. That's going to be a, a way for you to grow your brand and to let people know that you're in town. But when it comes to monetizing, I'm thinking about content. I'm thinking about books, public speaking events, as far as amplifying content creation when it comes to screenwriting. That's where my headspace is at. That's what gives me inexplainable joy. On top of me being the Chef Beans person that I am, people not being afraid to let me into their, their spaces, whether that's digitally or on their platforms that's where monetization comes in at and i'm actually about to finish my book this sunday and i'm dropping it on valentine's day so when it comes to monetization i understand the value that i have and the value that i can give to others and me doing that like i said on different levels books children's books videos content creation public speaking any idea any aspect for me to be able to share my stories Mm-hmm. things like that me be able to give value to people that's where compensation comes in that i realized that from reading was that the go-giver if you want more compensation find ways to give more value to people givers gain bro absolutely givers gain i started a running team in 2017 i paid out of pocket for everything we did and i didn't mon- i hadn't started monetizing it until 2020 where it just happened to just blow up right. and there were, there were, there were, you know, and I was able to take that money and invest it into what we're doing now, including this podcast, right? Like, I'm still not monetizing off the podcast. I'm doing this out of the love of sharing black stories. Right, absolutely. You know, it, it takes time, it takes money. Tenfold. You're going to get that all back. That's how it works, bro. You're going to get it back in tenfold because you're giving value to people. Yeah. And, um, and it's a space that's needed, man. Like, what you're doing, although I can't put it in a box and be like, oh, this is what Chef Beans does, you are... It, you are bringing joy to people's lives. Absolutely. And like you said, ten, it, it, it'll come back in, in ways that um, that you can't even imagine of yet. So tell me about the book. Like, what uh, <laughs> what's the book about? I'm excited about my, that. My first book, my first book is going to be titled Chef Bean's Recipe to a Woman's Heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's about to be my first book, which I got the idea. 
maybe in like 2016, one of my boys, I was in a relationship at the time, and he was like, yo, bro, you making us all look bad the way you were so romantic with your bro. You got to write a book or something called Recipe to a Woman's Heart. Cause, and then I, I laughed it off a little bit that day, but just hearing different conversation from like women say, romance is dead, chivalry is dead, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And me reading books and realizing that it's subjective, it's all different people's perspective. I can put my perspective on this and the way that I'm marketing leading up into that is, bro, it's, so that's what it's about. It's, it's ultimately how to tailor your romance to your significant other. But the way yeah. that I'm structuring it, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about it, bro. That's super cool, man. That's uh, that's dope, man. I love how you just kind of jump on it, man. You, I mean, you just, you're, you're obviously a go-getter. Absolutely. And, uh, and so I can relate to that hundred percent. That's really cool. So tell me about like what you do from like a physical fitness standpoint. Are you still working out a lot? Absolutely. You, I, I, I work out, yeah, I work out daily. Um, I call it r and beans workout. So everything as you can see is on brand. r and <laughs> recipe to a woman's heart. So with the r and beans workout is, Every morning after I do my affirmation, uh, it's a park not too far from my crib. And usually the music that I'm playing in the background is R&B music. One that's one of my yeah. favorite genres. But also, I realize how much people bop to 90s R&B. So me on a, mar you know, on a marketing standpoint, taking another step back. Intentional consumption is like feeding a baby. Like the content that I give people... By the time you didn't watch the end of the video, you're like, wow, I didn't even know I needed that. Because instead of me saying, tie your shoes, I can be like, yo, let me tell you about this one time when I was younger and I took the wrong step. I landed on my shoelace. I fell, hit my elbow on the ground. I had a bruise. And then I thought back to when my mom told me to tie my shoes. Blah, 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 and then boom, at the end of, you know the importance of tying your shoes. Instead mm -hmm. of me just overtly saying it. When it comes to the R&B's workout, A, you're seeing me work out. Monday through Friday on, on the fitness tip, but also you're able to bop your head to one of your favorite 90s R&B songs. So you don't even yeah. know I'm using music to carry you through this workout. And that's yeah. what intentional consumption is. It's like feeding a baby instead of just going like this. You know, oh, it's, it's the rocket ship. It's, it's the train. That's what I do. With every, like, that's what I do with my content, bro. I love that. Uh, do you have folks who follow you in in, the, in that um, kind of workout and try to do it with you? Come meet you. Absolutely, Pe people who people who meet me, people who say, "Hey, I tried this uh, yesterday morning. I was working out to Joe to see whatever like that. I didn't know how much that impacted me because I lean into what gives me value. And like I said, prior mm -hmm. to coming out here, I would do some physical activity here and there, but going to the run club, being a part of a mm -hmm. group of people who are into adding value to themselves physically. I noticed how much that positively impacted my life. So I have to do something physical each day, whether that's 50 push-ups, 10 pull-ups, uh, running somewhere. I, I, I need to because, like I said, it gives me value. I mean, as long as you're creating community and it's authentic and you're providing value, that's what matters, man. You're, you're providing experiences, you're creating community, and everything else works out, works, works itself out. It always does. So you told me, you said a little earlier, you're already in 2025. Yeah. So what's that look like? 2025 looks like... Or even like, you know, or even the future. Like, what, what do you have plans? Um, what, I, what I have planned, um, I had to put my ego to the side because like I keep saying, I moved out here to monetize or to amplify content creation in my mind. 
Yep. Like you're good at storytelling, yep. but how can you take it to the next level? And I still have executed a lot of cool videos. I even started a series called Transparency that deals with people being overtly transparent on the first date. That's all another conversation. But me leaning or diving into the world of the screenwriter, like screenwriting. So I recently mm-hmm. just bought the screenwriter's Bible because someone who's in screenwriting told me that's a good first step. So within the next five years or the future, Chef Beans is going to be on another level as far as award-winning director, award-winning screenwriter, award-winning web series, TV show. That's the ultimate goal, but that's not going to stop me from releasing these books, from yeah. uh, doing these public speaking events or creating a lane for my own. Like how you say you couldn't box me in? That brought me probably the most joy on this conversation because that's that's exactly what I want to do because I realized I don't have limitations. I don't have barriers. Look at me. Look at a piece of my content. You're going to end up down a rabbit hole. All of that is intentional, bro. So in five years, less than five years, but within five years, I always say I'm not catching up to the world. The world needs to catch up to me. And that's the that's the time that I'm on, bro. I love that, man. Tell me a bit more about Transparency. So my first project moving out to LA is this project called Transparency. Okay. And I came up with the idea at the end of my last relationship when we had broke up because when I was being very reflective, I asked myself if we ever even really knew each other. Now, what if we just introduced parts of ourselves that we thought the other person wanted to see? What would a transparent conversation look like when people first meet each other? Then my mind started to do its own thing. Like, I wonder what that would look like for a single parent. I wonder what that would look like for someone who's fell in love on first sight or someone who's not over there, actually. Different, different hats came in my mind. And I did season one of that in 2019 where I had a bunch of different characters. Season two, I wanted to outsource and cast, but because of COVID, I couldn't really get. So I, I just did all 10 episodes, which was even better season and now i'm transitioning into season three so like i said i'm not afraid to push the button and figure it out as i go but now i'm taking the time and investing my money into actually learning the language of the screenwrite so that there's no reason for me not to be at the table but at the same time i'm still going to keep going regardless so it's like i'm learning but i'm also not waiting that's cool man so when you talk about shooting seasons who are the characters? Are you the are you the character? Are you playing? This? I was the I was the every character in season two. Season one, I had a character that dealt with interracial dating. I had a character that wasn't over their ex. I had a character who dealt with different microaggressions at work, a single parent. I had ten different characters in season one. Season two more so spoke to someone dealing with the trials and tribulations of a long distance relationship. Season three, yeah. I'm returning back to the multiple characters. But I've already casted everybody. We're shooting this upcoming Monday. And it's just getting better and better each day, bro. As I'm getting better, my work and my content is getting better. And because of that, I'm extremely grateful. Dope, man. That sounds exciting. It sounds like you got a lot going on and it's working. It's working. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Quan, Chef Beans, thank you for joining me here on Fitness and Color, man. I appreciate your time. And I'll try to be intentional. No, absolutely, man. And likewise, bro, I appreciate everything you got going on. Thanks for adding value to people's lives, man. And it's it's here, bro. The, all, all the value and blessings and abundance is here for all of us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a quick review. This helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. 
If you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it with them. That wraps up today's show. Thank you, and I'll see you on the next episode.